2: Welcome to It's a Fandom Thing, where each week me and a panel of guests discuss all things fandom from the female perspective. Everything from Star Wars, to Supernatural, to The Office, to cosplay, to fanfic. It's all right here, so sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of It's a Fandom Thing. My name is Erin Marlowe, and I will be your host each week. I will be joined by a panel of guests to discuss a fandom or an aspect of fandom, all from the female perspective, Um, sort of just a history of how this came about. Um, I'm sort of a podcast addict, and for quite a few years now, I've wanted to start one. Um, And I wanted to do something that was pop culture related, um, and there have been quite a few ideas that have germinated. Some have come further than others, but none of them kind of took off or felt right, and then earlier this year, it kind of hit me that I wanted to do something about fandom because I have found a lot of amazing female friends through fandom, um, in particular Supernatural and um, also the Mindy Project. So I pitched this idea out there, and luckily, quite a few women um, grabbed onto it and loved it as well and wanted to come on this journey with me. So I'm just so excited. Um, to start it. Uh, Each week I'll be joined by a different panel of guests. Some will be returning, some will be new, some will be on quite a few episodes, some just a few, whatever it is. And I'm sure we're gonna have a lot of fun, get some great insight. I'm gonna learn too along the way. There's a lot of fandoms that I'm not a part of or I don't know a lot about. Um, You know, like for instance, Doctor Who, Sherlock, stuff like that. So it'll be a journey for me as well. So I hope everybody enjoys it. Uh, Each week, I'll just start out by introducing the panel, so I'm going to get started doing that now, and if everyone wants to go around and just tell us an aspect of fandom or a particular thing in pop culture that you're really excited about right now. So I'm going to go ahead and start off with Judy. Hi, Judy.
0: Thanks, Erin. Hello, my name is Judy Olson, and I right now um, am obsessed with Supernatural, have been for several years now, and I'm I'm kind of in mourning because this is the last season of a very long show for, for me, so I'll uh, be looking for a new obsession soon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Megan?
3: Hi there. I'm Megan. Currently, I have been obsessed with uh, the new Elton John book, actually, uh, Me it's by Elton John. I've been listening to the audiobook and... The way Taryn has read that book is truly inspirational. Um, It's been everything. And I feel like my car rides are super fun
2: now because of it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Tanya.
4: Hi, um, I'm Tanya Cook. I I don't know. Are we supposed to say what we actually do or no? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) If you Um, want to, you can. Okay. Yeah, I'm a a sociology professor. Um, What am I into? Um, Well, everything, but... That's not helpful. So I'm, my kid has, has got me watching some things, my 13 year old. And we just recently watched Cobra Kai on YouTube, which is a, a kind of a follow up to the Karate Kid movies from the 80s. Um, kind of where are they now and following through on the some of the minor characters, which was actually better than I expected it to be. Um, but what I like better than that is another show he's got me watching called the dragon prince which is an animated show um, by the same creators of avatar the last airbender although it's not that world it's a different um, world in mythology they're both very very good though
2: great well and i'm erin again um and right now since award season is coming up and i'm a huge award geek especially oscars and stuff like that and i'm a film geek number one um so right now I'm just watching a lot of those kind of films and I'm obsessed with right now the movie Waves which is a small independent film I won't go into too much about it because you don't want to be spoiled about it but it's an absolutely emotionally heartbreaking it's just it'll break your heart and then mend it at the same time so it's an absolutely beautiful film and I really wish more people would go see it um because it's really just something special so that's what I'm into right now Um, yeah, so now let's go around. Um, and since this is the very first episode and we just kind of want to just introduce everybody to fandom and what fandom is and what it means to everybody, um, we'll go around again and start with you, Judy, and just sort of what was the first fandom that you remember being involved in or the first thing that sort of drew you in, um, and then just talk about that a little bit and what fandom means to you personally. Sure.
0: Um, well, I always remember being passionate about things you know whenever i find something that i love i you mm-hmm. know want to want to learn more about it and get into it and and uh the looking back the first thing i can remember like doing fandomy kind of things are the smurfs probably no. you know 7 8 years old i collected the figurines i wrote stories about them a couple of friends and i would get together and we'd play with our figurines and write uh you know perform sort of little scenarios and Mm -hmm. stories uh with our smurfs so very small fandom just a couple of us (laughs) um but obviously you know when you're when you're eight your your world is much smaller um but i i do remember always just having uh passion for things as i got a little bit older i got into soap operas um daytime soaps whenever i was in high school and my best friend and I got way into the teenage mutant ninja turtles (laughs) when we were in high school because we both worked at a daycare center and all the children were into it Mm -hmm. and it just became a thing we went in cosplay and uh yeah so I can I I remember always enjoying um tapping into passion for for fun projects Yeah. yeah fun things
3: I do have to ask, what was your favorite Teenage Mutant Turtles? Raphael. <laughs> uh-huh. <Classic. laughs> Why was that?
0: Hmm. I, I think I liked his passion. Yeah. Um, he, was, he was kind of ornery, um, <laughs> but, you know, wanted to get the job done and very serious about, about being superhero, doing the right thing, and all that. I think maybe I could relate to that. I always liked um, the characters who were who really really want to do the right thing
4: yeah that's fantastic <laughs> nice yeah
3: um as for me uh, I started off when I was really young loving Scooby-Doo I love the idea of solving mysteries and that the fact that the female character one of them at least was really intelligent really all together putting together all these mysteries and I really wanted to be Velma
1: That was a huge
3: (laughs) deal to me. I used to wear glasses just like her, and I used to have my hair short like her. And I just loved that she would say jinkies. Like, she had her own little word, and I was like, that is the greatest. Um, It also fed into a lot of my uh, more mature sort of uh, fandoms, such as uh, true crime stories. And I follow a lot of court cases, too. Um, Just the reality of monsters can be real people um I love fantasy though uh because after that I really fell in love with Sailor Moon love love Sailor Moon um especially just the idea of this young girl like embracing growing up but still wanting to be a child something like I always identified with as a ch- uh, child was like oh I don't really want to grow up but I guess I kind of have to mm-hmm. but even now like I still love to draw and things like that and just create uh things that inspire me or cross uh between fandoms like right now i'm working on a piece where it's a uh, sailor moon with uh, supernatural actually so it's got a weird zombie hmm. kind of esque but that gritty cool. vibe to it but yeah i have always loved fandoms uh they created a sense of community for me and just a huge space for creative expression
2: cool awesome and
4: Tanya, what was yours? Yeah. Um, so like a lot of people my age, I, I'm going to have to go with Star Wars. Um, I think that I was very young or, you know, hardly remember the first film. But by The Empire Strikes Back, I was old enough to kind of follow along. And I was four or five, and I would organize all of the neighborhood kids to play um, Star Wars. And I was Luke um, because I didn't realize till so I was older and rewatched it what a kind of a whiny turd Luke was. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know and I watched it as a you know 40 year old and I'm like oh okay um he sucks um but, like, so yeah. Anyway, I'll say Star Wars and Lucasfilm at at one point, like, of course, Indiana Jones, I used to, I, I'm from a very small area, so we didn't really have, and being, you know, pre-internet, it was kind of hard to find like-minded folks. But um, I used to run around uh, the woods dressed as Indiana Jones and like hang out in the trees and things like that. I had a hat and somewhere there's an embarrassing picture of me. <laughs> um, and I had a, a legit Lucasfilm fan club card. Like I, you had to send in the mail to get it. You had to pay some kind of dues, I think. Nice. And you got a patch and for years, like to put on your jean jacket or whatever, for years I had, I had that and I had the card and I don't know where it is now, but, uh, from that to like, um, your comment about Smurfs made me remember He-Man, uh, loved, oh, yeah he-man so much um and yeah so i was i was very much what what at that time would have been called a tomboy um and and liked you know i liked my little pony and care bears and things like that too but much more into the you know the action type things still am so (laughs) (laughs) good stuff yeah That's, that's cool i hope you find that stuff someday yeah. Oh, the the Lucasfilm fan club and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere I know there's like a box of. I was super obsessed with Willow when that film God, came out. Me too. Oh, yeah. I Willow. I still watch it every once
3: in a while. Absolutely. Yeah. There's yeah. And... A few staple episodes where it's like you have to rewatch it every year, every year at least.
4: Hmm. It's been a while. I kind of forgot about it, but I think they're talking about remaking it or making the second one or something.
3: Oh, really? I yeah. See, I
4: don't I have heard mm-hmm. about that recently. Okay. Mm-hmm that one in that one in legend yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) yep
2: yep tim curry and then yeah yeah true masterpiece (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. and then there's also clue that's my oh Oh, that
4: one yeah (laughs) weirdly my teenager my my 18 year old loves that movie And so they, yeah, they brought it at Alamo Drafthouse, they showed it, um, and they had kind of a themed party night. And I realized, like, I don't think I've ever seen it. And it's not, you know, it's not like a great movie, not to be a downer, but it's, it's more about the atmosphere. And that's what's kind of fun about some of those older shows. and, And it's very, it's aware of itself. Like, it's a self aware film. Except right. it so was, like, Rocky
0: Horror Picture Show. Mm-hmm. It's a terrible right. movie, but it's right. all
4: about <laughs> the fun. Well, it I remember is. when yes. it was
2: in the theater, I remember that you could go, because it had different endings, mm-hmm. of Who d- did it, and so you could choose if mm-hmm. you were going to see ending A, B, or C, and you didn't necessarily know who would be in there. Mm. And that was just cool. Just the yeah. idea that it would be sort of a different experience where everybody would get to see a different version of it. Mm-hmm. And I wish I could remember which version I saw first, because that was actually at the, here in um, Colorado and in downtown Denver, there was a, a movie theater called the Tivoli because it used to be a brewery. And then they turned into a mall briefly and that failed in the late eighties, early nineties.
1: Mm-hmm. But there
2: was a movie theater there and I remember that was like the big deal movie theater to go to. And it was the hardest one to sneak into our rate of movies. <laughs> 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 nice. strictest. And that used yeah. to be where the Denver film festival used to show their movies at too. Cool. They stopped doing that. So, um, And then for me, as far as first fandom, I mean, I've always been sort of a film um, geek. Um, And that always has been kind of just, and I didn't even realize at the time that that was kind of like this group that you could find like-minded people. But um, And I was never really into cartoons as a kid, except for um, Rocky and Bullwinkle Mm -hmm. stuff. I was always into Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh, but I was more into stuff like, um, I got into soaps at a really early age because my babysitter watched them. So I was watching like general hospital <laughs> was the first one that I watched. And then there was a time when I was watching general hospital days of our lives, all my children, mm-hmm. um, and one life to live all at the same time. Wow. So, and every once in a while I still turn in, tune into days of our lives. That was um, do. yeah, but I was really into like, um, Um, like um, Family Ties because I loved Michael J. Fox Mm -hmm. because then I was really Mm -hmm. into Back to the Future which Back to the Future is really the movie that made me want to make movies
1: Mm -hmm.
2: um, and just made me really fall in love with the art of cinema. Mm -hmm. Um, So definitely that one and I always had like the Tiger Beat cutouts. (laughs) Oh yeah. And then like we were talking about Kirk Cameron and Stuff like that, and then later it was Christian Slater, and then yeah, especially (laughs) Heather's after Heather's and Gleaming the Cube, which is a little known Christian Slater movie. I know that movie, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I had a huge poster of Gleaming the Cube in my room, and then and then I had a huge Lost Boys poster, oh, oh, yeah, when I was, yeah, yeah. So I liked stuff like that, so that's kind of what. And then I think when I once I got older, actually, is when I found more of a community in it. Mm-hmm. um i always had a community with people because i used to act all the time so i had kind of that community but then i later found a community um online on the old on imdb they used to have message boards which sadly they got rid of but i found a community on there for people who love other oscars and then movies in general and then just later in life finding um the mindy project was actually the first one that through social media that i got involved in a fandom with and then Supernatural which ironically enough, I had no idea that it had a huge following. I had no clue until oh, I started wow. watching it. Yeah. I had no idea. But mm. so that's, that's what kind of was my first involvement with stuff that it's weird. Cause you don't really know. I think sometimes when you're young that you're in something that has a fandom or has a following, especially when you didn't have social media, it was mm-hmm. a lot different. Yeah. Pre-internet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you didn't have that kind of stuff. Um, and then I know I'm gonna turn this over to you Tanya because I know for you that you do a lot of stuff um, the social impact that fandom has if you want to talk a little bit about that because I know you
4: run a lot of stuff
2: having to do with that
4: yeah, I mean, I I can try to summarize that. That's probably a whole episode, but we yeah, I won't. yeah, I, I have won't. that actually as a episode. <laughs> I won't <laughs> yeah. hijack, um, but basically, yeah, fandom for me is. I think it was Megan who said a community, and I getting involved as an adult was quick to kind of realize that and look at. I found real what I found really interesting about um, looking at these fandoms is how. How much work and how much activity and interaction is involved in loving this this product and expressing our love for it and building community that, to me as a sociologist, looks a lot like – it's not that we have the same values as a religious community, but the fact that there are values and there are rules about how to engage and how you engage in your fandom and fan culture – to me made a lot of sense. And then that also led into um, kind of some more social activism type things or charity work. And anytime you get like a group of people together who have a lot of emotional energy, it's called, um, that makes sense to me that it would be sort of translated into trying to actually be the heroes, right? Actually be the, create the world that we, um, the things that we like about the worlds that we live in right in in our fandom spaces um and i think a lot of us have felt somewhat marginalized or excluded from what what you might call like more mainstream culture and so i think that makes us more likely to kind of want to build the communities that we need and that we may be needed as younger people and continue to need you know mm-hmm. um so hopefully that made sense and isn't just me, me being, I, no, made, I literally it, finished my grading like three minutes before you called. It, <laughs> so. Interesting
2: take from, yeah. you know,
4: sociologist yeah. point of view. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, it made, it made so. complete sense. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know um, for me, like personally, I always felt like kind of very different in the outsider and especially mm-hmm. in school, like I was always quote unquote smart, but I never mm-hmm. really liked school. I hated going to school until I found like a alternative high school. That hmm. I was lucky to find that focused more on arts and stuff, and focused on embracing the different weird people. Um, but yeah, it t- it's totally like that when you find people that it's like okay, you can totally geek out about things, and people aren't going to judge you or think you're weird. Or
1: I call it finding your tribe. Yes, exactly.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like finding your family yeah. too, your extended family, found family mm-hmm. for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so you know there's a lot of fandom facts like we kind of went over just what our first one is and there's probably people have totally different views on it um and since this is going to be kind of a podcast that's mainly going to be focusing on fandom from the female perspective um and we'll have episodes down the line talking about uh, representation and what it's like to interact sometime with sometimes with fanboys um or having a lot of mansplaining done to you <laughs> <laughs> um but, um, you know, that I just want to put that out there that it'll be a lot of times from the female perspective. It doesn't mean, I mean, you know, men are welcome to listen. It's not trying to exclude anyone. It's just you don't always find that to be the case. A lot of times you have just stuff that people try to say is exclusively for men when that's not always true. I sometimes and think one of the reasons that. that fandom is
0: such a female thing often um and and especially the transformative work part of it is Mm -hmm. because we don't see ourselves as much in the works themselves and so we we create art we create fanfic we create you know cosplay and all those kind of Mm -hmm. things um to
2: be in the story to have a part yeah 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 Yeah. definitely Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah Um, you know, and there's like the fandom lingo, which, what you were just talking about kind of leads me to, to, which is the like fanfics, um, transformative fan works. Um, do you, so does everybody read fanfics here or no, or does anybody have, I mean, we'll have a whole episode talking about that down the road, but just are people familiar with a lot of that language? Like I do. Yeah. yeah like, yes. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and real person fic. So there's AUs, which is alternative universe. So it's kind of putting the characters into a different universe. Um, real person fic, which is basically, or IRPF, which is, you know, real per, real people. The actors. Yeah, or, the mm-hmm. actors mm-hmm. or, like, singers or mm-hmm. stuff like that, which I know is really popular in, oh, what's that band?
4: J-pop Paris or styles. One Direction. Oh, One Direction. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And I think
2: probably in some of the pop, what's that stuff called uh,
1: k-pop
4: k-pop, k-pop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah
2: all over tumblr yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which tumblr in itself is a whole other thing right. yeah that's yeah. an episode I, tumblr confused. <laughs> well, sometimes yeah. there's almost a, a taboo nature to the real real mm-hmm. person mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i mean i admit it makes me uncomfortable mm-hmm. honestly um mm-hmm. which we can talk about that more with the fanfic episode but it just for me personally that just kind of makes
4: me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, it's so funny to think about fanfic and and um I you know, of course I've read a lot about why about the kind of the reason more women write fanfic and I'm really interested in kind of of course the statistical side of it so I could geek out about that. I won't, but I wanted to share at one point I realized fanfic is basically playing with Barbies or playing with action figures like when you were a kid. <laughs> yeah it's that same, you know, usually it's, you want, you want more stories or you want different stories than what are told, or you, or you like the characters and you just want more of the content or you want to put videos. Um, and you know, being adults, sometimes that becomes adult scenarios, but it's, it is, I, I feel that that's almost just a way to kind of explore. And then, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the, the fangasm, um, folks who are academics who write about supernatural and they, they actually had a great chapter in their, their more kind of academic book about writing fanfic as therapy, as like a therapeutic Mm -hmm. um, exercise and, and almost like a group group therapy experience. And I found that really interesting and I know there's other psychologists who look at that. Um, But yeah, it's, it's really, it's an interesting world and and it has some such interesting norms. And I, I think when people think, find it so odd what I think about is well do you do fantasy football because mm-hmm. I don't really <laughs> think this is different I mean I'm not going to win money but it's like <laughs> well it's not... you never know I mean yeah. <laughs> some yeah. people
2: get theirs turned into movies that's, I mean that's really right Grey, right. and
4: oh yeah actually back to um so one of the fandoms I'm involved in Xena, you warrior princess mm-hmm. kind of came you know was right when the internet was getting going and there was fan fiction written and one of the writers of the fanfic actually ended up writing for the show. And that's, oh, right. and as far as I know, that's the first time huh. that might've happened, but um, that I'm aware of, but that, that has happened in multiple uh, fandoms hmm. since then, interesting. which I find that really interesting. Yeah. yeah really cool. I was
0: thinking about this podcast. I found, um, a, a quote that I had, I had reblogged once on, mm-hmm. on Tumblr. And I thought it might be really interesting and applicable. Um, it was by somebody called glittery Geist on Tumblr. I <laughs> give credit where due. Um, And a little piece of it is she says, the fact uh, that you've got thousands of intelligent people thinking about a problem and statistically speaking, some of them are likely to come up with something even more creative than the original mm-hmm. creators. There comes a point at which, frankly, fandom is better than the creators. We have more minds, more cumulative talent, more voices or arguing for different kinds of representation and more backstory. So that's mm-hmm. why we can, you know, all these cumulative yeah. works that we create, you know, mm-hmm. is, is not only transformative, but it just explodes the, the um, options and the areas mm-hmm. and so much more creative than the, the limits of the original content Mm -hmm. and commercials and what the Mm -hmm. what the you know the limits of time the limits of what
2: special effects can do the Mm -hmm. limits of actors contracts
0: so fanfic is
2: unlimited it's very true and also back to what you were saying tanya about it being um almost therapeutic in Mm -hmm. some way i know you're mentioning Mm -hmm. that i i write fanfic and i have a series that I've been working on for quite a few years where it's just um, the character Dean Winchester from supernatural in mm-hmm. therapy and he's just going yeah. therapy and it's <laughs> lots of different parts um, and it has been so therapeutic and I actually talk about it to my therapist hmm. and she actually has encouraged it and said nope that's a great yeah. to deal with your own stuff um, because for me personally there's never been a fictional character ever that I've related to more than Dean Winchester Mm-hmm. So being able to write through him and kind of go through my own stuff through him has been really amazing. So it can be emotionally that's... exhausting, but <laughs> mm-hmm. it's also good.
4: Yeah, that's great. No, I know I'm yeah, I'm well aware that more and more um, psychologists are using that as a as a counseling and therapy method for sure Mm -hmm. i mean it it makes sense as a way to process trauma right yeah and he has a lot of trauma to process frankly (laughs) you know
2: yeah yeah never ending for sure (laughs) yeah really but um
3: yeah fan fiction is such a great um standard just foundation for a lot of the other formats that came out after it Um, since I draw and do just a lot of like skit kind of stuff, uh, I am involved in TikTok as well as like Instagram Mm -hmm. just even having those short little like mini films or like mini like drawing with it as you go, or even just kind of like showing the drawing process or anything like that. Uh, it's incredible to see what people do, how people are picking up different methods, what we're exploring with, with different materials, things like that. And I've always took it back to fan fiction because it Mm -hmm. allowed us that creative Liberty to do that because it showed us, Hey, if we can do it in writing, what if we did it in visuals or Mm -hmm. in some sort of like other format. And I really am inspired by some of the younger people. that really take it to the whole new level.
0: And it's purely out of love and passion for the project. There's no money involved. There's no fame. Mm -hmm. There's nothing to really be gained.
4: It's, just for the love of it, which is so pure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, I I think it's so, it's very validating and it's, it's really fun. I, I won't tell you my name, but I do write some fanfic. And mostly I did that to just sort of experiment with what is it like to be a writer and what's it like to receive, you know, kudos or comments. And my favorite is when AO3 will send me an email that says a guest liked your whatever, mm-hmm. right? A guest. Cause I always read it like the game of Thrones thing. A man, a man doesn't like this. A girl has no name, a girl, <laughs> right. A guest liked your work. Um, but yeah. And, and what was that Megan talking about? TikTok. Um, I, my kids, as I, I'm, as I have said, I have teenagers and that's part of why I may or may not make sense at night. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh they they showed me vines right which was kind of the predecessor for mm-hmm. tiktok and not necessarily even fandom ones but the creativity that people are expressing in that format in like a 10 second video you can tell a story it's yeah. like flash fiction right it's it's so amazing and so as i've gotten tenure frankly at my <laughs> at my institution i've tried to incorporate more fandom practices in my classes as an option for a way for students to do homework and express what they learn that isn't a traditional, like, let's sit down and, you know, crank out this research paper. I mean, we still do that. But then I also get to read, like, Black Panther comics that my students wrote, like, based on um, a different character character that didn't get as much attention in the film or something. Mm-hmm. So it's it's super great. Great. Yeah.
2: And then just in case people don't know, AO3 is uh, Archive of Our Own is mm-hmm. the way I... Have always known it as too. I mean the AO3 too, but just in, and it's just a place where um a lot of people post their fanfics and I think it's the most popular one right now. And there used to be fanfic.net and then mm-hmm. live journal and then were there any others? Well like
1: even things? before that,
0: like way going back, there's fanzines and okay. Geo yeah. Cities and
2: Yahoo mm-hmm. Clubs and Yeah. Yeah. Where you can find old history, fans. old old fan people here. <laughs> <laughs> And then when we do the fanfic episode, we can go over kind yeah. of like the controversies of stuff that happened on some of those. Like I think fanfic.net, there was stuff about ratings or mm-hmm. something like them getting rid of a lot of the mature content. Mm-hmm. That's why like that. AO3
0: is so, mm-hmm. so valuable and mm-hmm. such, a, such a great resource for fandom because it is, there's no profit. You know, it's a completely nonprofit yeah. organization um, that exists solely to support transformative works. And uh, they have a team of lawyers that make sure that, you know, we're allowed to post <laughs> what we want. And,
4: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a very free place. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And it's and world it, worldwide. I mean, there you can, there's multiple languages represented, mm-hmm. you know, every country you can imagine, which I just find fascinating. Yeah, that there's... Great,
0: great, like search features and mm-hmm. tagging system. Yeah. It's just a really yeah fantastic tool for fandom.
2: It really is. It really is. Um, And then another big thing, of course, is cosplay, which I don't know if anyone, do you do cosplay, right? Yeah,
3: I actually uh, have a lot of fun with cosplay. Um, Another one of my passions is just designing clothes and just creating things out of nothing, as I call it. So cosplay has allowed me to do a lot of that, especially when I was younger and I didn't have like a whole lot. And I didn't really know about like going to different fabric stores or ordering online. That didn't become a thing even for me, and I know I'm probably the youngest in this group right now. Um, until I was a teenager, and like I had my first little prepaid card, and I was like, "Oh, I can do things with it." <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I remember I bought my. It was just it was the greatest blessing because um, I really wanted to be Mary Poppins. Like I was very set oh, on oh. it. Uh, I just really loved how poised uh, Julia Andrews presented her, and I used to read the book and everything. So. That was, like, such a fun, intricate uh, type of outfit to create when I was younger, and I've just continued to explore with that, and I'm currently working with a friend right now to start up a cosplay business here in town, since uh, there's a lot of people who cosplay, but a lot of them get confused on how to do it, so we want to offer classes and things like that to get people into it, just because it's a lot of fun. It's just, it's kind of closed off because people are like, oh, sewing's scary, but it doesn't have to be if you make it fun. Um, so I'm hoping we can pick that up within the next year. But it, it, it cosplay is a fandom in the sense, like you get to be someone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you would experience, Erin, as like a writer when mm-hmm. you're writing about Dean Winchester in therapy. Yeah. Uh, the thing that makes cosplay a little bit different is just sometimes there's limitations, sometimes not. Um, I like to do a lot of like cross or in between sort of things, um, one of my friends, she recently did a beautiful uh, costume for uh, the main character in Tangled Rapunzel mm-hmm. um, in an Asian style. Like we, I helped her put oh, together, Deisha. you know, oh, nice. Geisha, yep. and it was so beautiful, but it took a lot of work. There was a lot of beadwork involved too. So it was, it was intense, but all those hours just staying up, working on it, those memories are powerful. And I think that's why I like fandom and it creates such positive memories and good impact of like wow i made this i did this i contributed mm-hmm. and that's truly just the beautiful thing about fandom it does seem to
0: bring out the
2: best in people's creativity mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it does it's a great creative outlet and cosplay also, i know a lot of actor friends because i used to act a lot that they they're really into cosplay too because it's also can be taking on a different character and being in that different world i think
0: i think so many of us once we get into you know adulthood (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know we've got responsibilities jobs Mm -hmm. school pets kids uh, taking care of senior parents whatever we've got all of these serious things that we have to do all the time and i think many of us forget that we are creative beings and we need to create and um fandom
2: is a way to tap back into that Mm -hmm. yeah totally totally And a lot of people who cosplay sometimes go cosplay when they're going to conventions, Mm -hmm. which are also known as cons. So, um, and I know, you know, really the only ones I've been to are the supernatural conventions. Um, Although I've gone to a lot of film festivals, Mm -hmm. which in a way can kind of be like that where you're (laughs) celebrating film and, you know, you'll get to see sometimes the actors there and um, the filmmakers and stuff and be able to interact with them but um, so do you guys go to a lot of conventions then? I
3: mean, Um, Yeah, I like going to conventions. I like the ones here um, in town, but I also like going to gaming conventions because I also play video games, things like that. Um, So PAX is Mm -hmm. a really popular one and you can play over there. You can meet some of your favorite gamers you watch on Twitch. It's a really fun convention just because it's a lot more interactive. Uh, Some of the conventions, it could seem kind of like you need to pay this amount of money in order to go in Mm -hmm. and do certain things. And, Tax isn't nearly as, um, uh, I guess, money focused. Mm-hmm. It's more about the community in that essence. Uh, how about you, though, Judy? How many have you gone to? Um, so, can <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: so we, we admit yeah. that out loud? Um, <laughs> yeah, most, most. <laughs> I've been to a bunch of, of supernatural ones. Um, and some just regular, you know, sort of generic Comic-Cons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we're not allowed to call them Comic-Cons anymore, like fan pop culture cons. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, the one of the very favorite cons that I've ever been to was a tiny little fan throne and put together con. Um, it was for uh, fans of Supernatural, specifically those um, who... And I know we haven't talked about that yet, Mm -hmm. but typically those who are fans of the relationship between Dean and Castiel and it was they did it three years running um, and each year there was one hundred fifty ish attendees and it was so small and intimate and supportive and just the most fun, loving, casual atmosphere. Probably the probably my favorite con ever, even though I've been to these big you know yeah. expensive supernatural <laughs> yeah <laughs> it, it, because it's it, again, it's just the pureness yeah. of people getting together for the love and passion mm-hmm. of something that they mm-hmm. they really
4: care about,
2: yeah, yeah, which is why I've always loved film festivals,
4: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, cons are amazing that's that's a big part of my research that I do actually is oh. to go to cons and and experience that um that atmosphere and what it's like to interact with fans and you know growing up that just wasn't an option for me um so my first one I did finally find it I found some random Star Trek convention in when I was in high school and that was my first experience and then after that it was until I think Denver Comic Con in 2014 was my was my next one and and I just loved it it's and since then i've gone to several um but i agree with uh judy you know for me my favorite experience is actually it's a con and it's not a con it's um called uh z night retreat it's for fans of xena warrior princess and it's essentially adult summer camp for yeah it's (laughs) so so you go to this beautiful campground in california and you hang out and it's there's, you know, it's, I, I need like running water and, and toilets that flush and things like that. So there's, there's <laughs> that, but all the food is included and you get to spend all day, like making crafts if you want, playing softball, hiking, mm-hmm. um, archery, and then also talking about Xena. Right. And so I have a friend
0: who's involved in an epic nerd. Yes. Like that,
4: and it's, huh. it's so, yeah, and it's, it's almost all women. Um, there are a few, A few men and and non-binary folks, um, but it's so welcoming. I've just, you know, never experienced the kind of like instant community and validation that I have there. It was just like, yeah. And then I went back this year and when I walked into the hotel the night before, we we, we all get on a bus and like ride up to the campground. I walked in and and um 100 people turned around and yelled Tanya like <laughs> like it's okay. A place where everybody exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and it was just and that everyone is greeted like that. So it was it was just wonderful. Yeah. So that's my favorite. But, mm-hmm.
0: Cool. I love
2: how everybody's yeah. just like Oh, good.
0: I know that's good. Yeah. Everybody, everybody does that's big on their faces. Oh, yeah. That.
2: That's true. Yeah, just the what wel- that's again, that family extension yeah. of just feeling welcome and finding your tribe, like you said before, Judy. For sure. Yeah. And then, that brings me to, when you were talking about Xena and stuff, and we've talked about Supernatural, um, there are lots of different fandom names, like uh, the SPN family for Supernatural, mm-hmm. for instance. Um, yes, mm-hmm. and, yeah, and then, um, and then you had on your X-Files with PH. Yeah. <laughs> if the, those were, um, fans of,
0: uh, that's fast oh yeah the is yeah. <laughs> and potter files is mm-hmm. another one mm-hmm. i'm trying to think of some of the other fandom names yeah bit. i'm trying to,
2: well for uh the mindy project we were called Mindians. My... <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah and i'm sure there i mean i don't know if there are any for like the office and stuff like that i don't know oh, if right, there are I mean, there are <laughs> <be laughs> i just haven't heard them before <laughs> um you know but they're of course you know they're just kind of abbreviations usually of whatever Um, the name of the show is, or I know that even when I was with doing the IMDb boards, the Oscar buzz when we were called buzzers,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um, you know, and that wasn't even like necessarily like that wasn't a show that was just more people that were into a certain thing. Um, although the Oscars are a show, so, but yeah, yeah, there was that, and then so that kind of there are message boards, which we message boards aren't really much of a thing anymore are they i mean i'm just trying to think because that was a big thing before
3: i think the instant gratification of just commenting on yeah. things mm-hmm. has taken away just kind of the fun mm-hmm. of message boards in a way i mean there's reddit yeah that's, still so a thing. Thing. that's true um, that sort of that's message true.
0: boardy format but i think that uh, tumblr
2: and like instagram mm-hmm. and some of those have and become and... have become really mm-hmm. the fandom homes yeah yeah because it used to be message boards you'd go on there I mean even for soaps they'd have message Mm -hmm. boards and different communities for different you know pairings that you liked and stuff like that um yeah but I know um years ago I was involved in something called Project Greenlight which was started by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon which was the screenplay Mm -hmm. competition and we became a whole community there too and that was all through Hmm. message boards and sometimes, like Ben Affleck would come on there, and it'd be a big, huge deal. Yeah, was, <laughs> um, and he's super, super smart. I will say that fandom um, is so different with the advent of mm-hmm. the
0: internet. Before yeah, that, exactly, you had to subscribe to fanzines mm-hmm. yeah, and and get, get your badges <laughs> from being a part of the uh, you know the Lucas yes, fan club. Yeah, and magazines. sew it on your jean jacket. Um, um,
4: your f- Exactly. Frosted, you know, the,
0: the internet has truly changed mm-hmm. fandom um i've made so many friends that many that i've never met in person but i feel yeah. like are, are mm-hmm. close friends and then when you go to a convention and you finally meet these people in person it's like it's like coming yeah mm-hmm.
2: you know it's, it's really cool yeah and that's the thing is that sometimes people say well that's not real because it's on the internet so you're not really friends they're not really your friends but i agree I mean... that's not Is shifting a little bit Mm -hmm. um especially with
3: like actors that do it now too um a great example is actually from the spn family uh misha he regularly live streams on instagram and all these different platforms and i think that's how he started his idea for uh gisha or yeah uh gisha wish um yes yes (laughs) i have not done one of those yet but i'm always like interested watching it and i'm like ooh, that's a very interesting concept um And he just started just by talking to people Mm -hmm. and occasionally now he'll like, he'll get like a burner phone in essence and he'll start messaging people, especially if he has like his certain Mm -hmm. screenplays or whatever. He's like, I'm going to give these away, but you got to like talk to me and like show me like what you know and you show me your creativity. And I think that's cool because you get to almost be like, Hey, like I'm, I can actually interact with these people Mm -hmm. in real life and see them as people and not just as the character and how they created this fandom to be more than just, like, this one story. It's, like, this whole universe of, like, this is how this person became this character. Mm-hmm. And I um, really enjoyed that, especially when um, they did the Scooby-Natural uh, episode. <laughs> Seeing uh, Dean Winchester uh, a voice Velma was just the funniest thing to me. And they had to change <laughs> the elements, obviously, but it, it was great. And I felt really close to the show at that mm-hmm. point.
4: It's really funny you should say that uh, about um Misha and his role in in fandom because I'm actually writing an article right now about about celebrity <laughs> leadership in terms of charity work and and that's, you know, that's our biggest case study but we're we're actually looking at that and using sociological theory to connect that to like the growth of fandom-based nonprofits. So there's what's what's difficult about my work is like fans get it, right? And then when I go to academic conferences, it's like, it's again, that invalidation. And so what I find really interesting about that is, hmm, a lot of the people who do these things, right, are female, are women, identify as women. Yeah. And we're often told, well, online activism isn't real activism, right? Or clicking something, signing a petition isn't real activism. Oh, you know, online engagement and friendship isn't real, friend, you know, what? Who, who, why? What's, what's that about? Because for me, as a sociologist, I think it's about policing gender and trying to like keep those boundaries between people. Um, and trying to, it's patriarchy, basically, is what I'm saying. Like, I, I find that yeah, really right. interesting because, of course, it's real. It, it.
0: Wait, nobody says that to the yeah. men who enjoy yeah. football mm-hmm. games together.
4: It's like it's <laughs> yeah. not real that you wear your jersey and they win. Like that's that's not real. Your friend, your football buddies aren't real. Yeah so it's it's and not to mention there's plenty of women sports fans who don't get a lot of um recognition either um so yeah it's I find that really interesting, and we're we're working on that, so um stay tuned for that <laughs> yeah
0: did you know that uh, Misha Collins has talked um before and said that the the reason he chose the career he chose was because he felt that if he became famous and had a large platform he could do yes. more
4: good with it mm-hmm. yeah and mm-hmm. he's and, it,
2: and for people who aren't familiar with what gish is i know i've i've only done it once so i'll leave it to the people who've done it <laughs> time and time again judy and, and tanya you yes i year, have don't
4: you? um uh, yeah it's a scavenger hunt and he so he went to the university of chicago and they had i've i've can just tell you this based on interviews I've read, but they had a scavenger hunt every year where they would have to do all these random tasks. So my understanding is Gish, um, Gish was now Gish greatest international scavenger hunt the world has ever seen, you know, very modestly named. Um, And then shortened to (laughs) Gish was, was modeled off of that. And it kind of came up in response to him being encouraged to create a Twitter. um, I think by the studio and then, really realizing some of the potential with that platform and I don't know his entire backstory i, I but from what i've read in interviews, he's always kind of tried to do these community based projects community involvement he was an intern at the white House um and so he has like he had like interest in politics and community things and his fun fact his um Major in college is not quite sociology, but very, very, very close. Basically, I have, actually have a friend who was in classes with him um, in college, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, smart guy. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah. And we'll definitely be talking about that more. We're going to do a couple of Supernatural episodes more towards when the whole series ends next year in May. Huh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll be doing a couple episodes on that and we'll be doing more episodes on – fandom giving back and nice. stuff like that and conventions and fanfic and all of that. Um and I and another little thing just to touch on is shipping. Um when you I and mean, we've talked about you mentioned Dean and Cass and there are of course lots of different couples. Um so shipping is generally considered just when you um you know the way it's defined is the desire of by fans for two or more people to be in a romantic relationship together. Um you can have your OTP, your one true pairing. So the one that you really, really love. And there's also the no TP, which is not one true pairing. <laughs> Got one a couple you others. don't want that to be <laughs> together. Um, so I don't know if you guys ship anyone. Um, I know you do with Dean Cass, mm-hmm. Judy, but I don't know if anybody else um, does. And then there's also, you know, there'll be a couple names for that. Um, like for Dean and Cass, What what is it for Dean and DCL. Cass? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I knew that. Um <laughs> Which I used to ship, but I don't anymore. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so there'll be lots of different, like, you know, just kind of combining the characters' names to come up with the ship name. Um, do you okay. ship anyone, Megan?
3: Uh, So I got really into Buffy the Vampire Slayer during college. <laughs> um, that was a really fundamental moment of when I first really confronted this idea of shipping characters. Yeah. Um, even though I knew it would never happen, I really wanted Buffy and Willow to become a Oh, really? Yeah. I wanted to ship them just because like there was just something really pure about both of them and they just brought the best in each other. Hmm. Uh, and I didn't really care for the toxicity that the an angel always brought in and like Spike was okay, but I, I don't know it was okay but there was just something about willow that always brought out the best in buffy and then buffy would bring willow back down to earth and i really loved that and admired it so that that was me just being by myself i'm pretty sure um <laughs> shipping well, there oh, yeah. yeah. is yes. yourself. Yourself.
0: <laughs> every pairing you
3: can imagine is out there yeah. Yeah. but that one has to be by far my favorite ship still to this
2: day
4: and then um, I am rather agnostic about ships. Um, it ma- they make sense to me, but I I kind of, um, you know. Okay, I guess I'll I'll sort of, you know. I I just mm, I like I do like reading uh, Steve Rogers and Bucky Barnes. Um, yeah, a popular- mm-hmm. I, that makes yeah. sense to me. Like I don't, but I I want to be cautious because I think people get confused about shipping because there's people who get very um, enthusiastic about it and then read it and everything and like insist that it must happen on the show. Right. And I, and I don't, I mean, that's, that's their business, but it's also, there's other folks like where I would put myself in this category where it's like, it makes sense to me, but I don't necessarily need it to happen. If that, like, I Mm -hmm. get it. I think it's there. Um, There's potential there Mm -hmm. Um, and it would be lovely I don't necessarily need it to happen to be happy but then there's other ones where i feel that they're they're really it they really are doing everything except making it very overtly canon and the one that i'll say there is xena and gabrielle um because that right. and it's interesting being being someone who identifies as as straight when i watched the show back in the day i did not necessarily pick up on that um but when i rewatched it i went oh my god okay you know, what how did I how did I not see this? Um and I guess that would be my own sort of, you know, heteronormative bias in that case, but like literally in season 2 they get in a bathtub together, right? And I'm like, you don't, know, you know, I, I don't like take a bath with my friend when she comes over. Like that's not a thing that we do together. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if we had to, but it was it was a very it's pretty obvious. And then the show even goes I, I feel like I can spoil a 20-year-old show. So um, the show even goes, you know, they pretty much by the end of the show are, are soulmates. Um, and they're, they're, it's everything except overtly saying, I love you, we're married. But they, they say, I love you. Um, I think some of that might have been the
0: time yes, yes. as well. Like if Xena if was on today, yeah. I don't think they would be able to not make that correct canon and i think
4: that i don't know but i think that's part of why it didn't get rebooted because the people wanted to have it be a, a um a same-sex couple and i don't know if the studio didn't want that or something i'm that's probably totally speculation but uh, yes i agree i think well, that's a whole, whole
2: episode yeah, that we could talk yeah exactly <laughs> that. yeah Queer baiting is a whole yeah. thing we yeah. could definitely yeah. talk about
4: in a whole different yeah
2: we could do a long episode, but yeah, I, defi- I definitely, I <laughs> definitely ship those
4: two. So I'll say that, I'll commit to that ship. I'll go down with it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I ship a lot. <laughs> I'm big into that kind of. Um, it's hard for me to pick my number one. Um, I mean, I always shipped in soaps, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of my, yeah, yeah, probably one of my earliest ones actually was from the show Moonlighting yeah Maddie. I just love Ugh, them, so i just too. I loved Bruce Willis for years because of that show um and then uh more recently, of course, Jim and Pam, yeah, from the office, but also um I'm a huge queers folk fan, the u s version, and I loved Brian and Justin um to me, that was like one of the hottest couples. <laughs> Ever. and it's also a controversial pairing because of, there's a huge age difference between mm. the two of them um, and then also from that same show I like Michael and Ben um, but yeah Brian and Justin that was a whole thing that's like a big huge deal and I, I have on their plan to do an episode about Queer as Folk because that was a very interesting thing I mean that was a groundbreaking mm-hmm. show because you didn't see right. like men being basically shown as sex objects in the way that they are in that show um and it's very, very, very explicit um sexually. And then it also had a huge female following. I think even more than than mm-hmm. men. Um, even more than gay men, maybe. Oh no. Okay. I thought it disconnected there for a second. But okay, I think cool. we're back on. But yeah, so that's why I want to talk about that one sometime, just because there's controversy around it and it's it's my personal all-time favorite show. Um but, yeah, so I had a lot of shipping on there, and we'll definitely have to talk about that more and the queer baiting, like with Dean and Cass, um a lot of people have talked about how that is queer baiting, which um, I don't know if anyone wants to explain that maybe better than maybe I can, but what exactly that is when a show does that just briefly, and then we can
0: I mean uh, briefly, it is kind of when the subtext is obvious enough um. But, but they never have any intention of making it actually happen in the show. But they're, they're uh, showing enough romantic hints that the, to, to get a queer audience mm-hmm. and yeah. keep a queer audience. But they're never actually going to follow through. With, right. That. With no intent mm-hmm. of it actually happening.
4: Yeah. And that and that's yeah, and, yeah, and that's why I think and I don't I like to like refrain judgment from even sometimes the more intense right. shippers because like for me, like I mentioned being being a straight person, I don't I see relationships like mine represented all the time, right? And that's my privilege. So it makes sense to me that people would really really want to see different kinds of relationships that aren't represented. And that's that's also what fan fiction is about, right? Having that mm-hmm. that representation or making something better right um yeah because yeah, I've, I've definitely read fics that are as good as an episode if not better right that are plot-based and really wonderful anyway i know that's not quite no, the see. queer baiting but i think that's a way for some of some people to respond i, I once heard um shipping and fanfic described as I forget the term for this in architecture. And so this isn't my idea, but I'm just going to share it because I'm a teacher. So we're going to learn something. Um, But like, (laughs) so you know how you'll, um, I think it's called a desired pathway. So you'll be walking and there'll be a sidewalk, but then there's like a trail worn in the grass, which is where people actually walk. And that's where they want Mm -hmm. the sidewalk to be. But instead, some designer has built the sidewalk in a different place. And so I heard someone give a great presentation that said fan fiction and shipping is sort of analogous to that, right? Where you, you know, we want this, we want the path through the grass, but you're making us go on the sidewalk all the time. Um, so it's kind of interesting to put that in that, in that perspective.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, a lot of, t- with the queer baiting thing, what that made me think of is just with the T, T, P, T, B, the powers that yeah. be. Mm um which are sort of the people in control the people behind the scenes the creators the uh, show runners mm-hmm. for a lot of shows those can change over time and then the shows take a different direction um yeah sometimes you can yeah. feel different mm-hmm. seasons
0: just have a total totally different yeah tone yep and it, it it's
2: incongruous to mm-hmm. the other ones yep like they forget canon which is right. a whole <laughs> different <laughs> thing that we can talk about and yeah <laughs> stuff like that especially the, in. especially long shows
0: that have been mm-hmm. on a long time like yeah yeah like supernatural exactly it's so
4: funny whenever i'm writing something about supernatural i, ha- I go to super wiki and uh, the show oh, uses super time. wiki to reference itself yep. because they can't remember their own canon <laughs> you know like it's <laughs> so i think that's so that's such a great resource and that's again another like fan-based initiative right when you've had something that has all that rich history and you've got to have an archive essentially to manage like just what happens related to it yeah and then the other yeah. part of it i think we should mention too with the powers that be is just capitalism like ca- the capitalist structures of entertainment as an industry i mean you've you're they're also constrained by you know who's going to buy airtime mm-hmm. right
0: the international factor that too shows yeah. that a popular yep, overseas may mm-hmm. or may not be able to have a Mm same-sex pairing go Mm -hmm. canon
3: oh it's terrible i love k-drama like that is some of my favorite sort of like soap operas to watch our k-drama shows like i I love american soap operas and i grew up with them but there's just something about the k-drama is just very appealing inspiring is that Um, like k-pop like the korean um it is kind of like uh, so k-dramas is a korean drama sometimes uh, japanese depending and A lot of the time, uh, it's about just all these different life experiences, like very normal people going through life experiences that can be grandeur, uh, but typically just really rough and very relatable. And I, I love soap operas, but I found like a lot of them were very catering to like upper class, very rich, kind of like, oh, we can spend money freely, things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's not that I don't like that. It's just like K-drama does something where it like reaches to people that are normal. And, um... I have a lot of favorites uh oh gosh thinking of yeah, yeah. I, I I like all of them a lo- typically any one that I touch is something that I turn it turns into gold for me um but like Netflix has taken that on recently, especially now with Disney Plus becoming such a huge forefront and taking away so much content that they're like, you know what, we're going to bring back uh, K-dramas and we're going to make this a thing. And a lot of us are rising back up from the ashes again because <laughs> um, the, sh- the shows that we used to watch, uh, it was on this platform. I cannot remember the name of it right now, but uh, they canceled it because they just weren't receiving enough funding mm. and there was just no internet space or airtime <laughs> space for them. So Netflix decided to sign on a lot of these different shows, sign a lot of these uh, Korean actors on too. And it's been great. Like I'm I'm in love with it. Um, my friend Angela is the one who really got me into it too. Uh, she really loves it. And I just, I have this community of people I can talk about these things with, experience it with. And it's been really great. And I'm glad Netflix decided to take it on because we, um, it, it's a, it's an international fandom, which I think works a lot differently from, Kind of close-knit ones like uh, Supernatural uh, has uh, different chapters, like we have different chapters around the country here. Mm-hmm. Um, when it works on an international uh, level though, a lot of it's done through uh, just talking on phones, internet, so we really have this huge value over internet friendships, and um, I, I am really happy that Netflix took the leap to trust K-drama because they're actually doing better than what they had anticipated. After Disney Plus happened, um, granted it's not super ideal, but I mean, they're still thriving and I'm actually impressed that how well and uh, how well they've executed some of their K-dramas and they're not so sexually based or uh, this idea of like only one set of people can experience like it, it focuses on a lot of different aspects of Asian culture, regular um, just life events.
2: Well, cool. oh, see, I'd never even heard of it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, learn something new. Yeah. I've written that down for something that we could probably do. A oh yeah. Episode it's, on that that's just huge that.
4: worldwide. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Hmm. Yeah. See, um, see, I love that you can learn new, different <laughs> things just because you're involved in it doesn't mean you know everything out there. <laughs> so yeah. Cause I know in a lot of future shows for me, um, you know, I'll be hosting each one but there'll be different guests or some of the same guests. I know you guys will be on different ones, um, but there are a lot of fandoms that I have little to no involvement in like Star Trek and um, Xena. I've only seen a few episodes of and uh, Dr. Who stuff like that. And Harry Potter, like I've seen one movie and that's it. <laughs> so that kind of stuff that I yeah. know. I know. <laughs> right now, the that just happened. Yeah. Yeah. Oh <laughs> that was definitely a guess yeah <laughs> so yeah i mean i've sorted myself where I'm, I'm like i have no idea what this even means but sure okay
4: um, oh what what house are you so for are me you, it'll be alone. let me guess i'm gonna guess you're you're ravenclaw
2: i don't remember Dang it, it. Like, <laughs> <it
4: is>. <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to do it again because i don't remember i'm ravenclaw i'm ravenclaw <laughs> I'm, I, I'm also ravenclaw except the sorting hat made a mistake and sorted me as a slytherin um but i've decided i'm ravenclaw so <laughs> it's about you Klaas, yeah right? that's why you can you can decide whether that's the most slytherin thing ever it's just to be like <laughs> no i i reject your reality and i substitute my own um <laughs> <That's> great <laughs> yeah well Well, thank you guys so much. Um,
2: You know, just future episodes. I mean, anyone who's listening to this, all maybe three of you, but whoever's listening to it. It'll grow. Yeah, it'll grow. Um, You know, just give feedback of ones that you'd like to see covered, different fandoms, everything from movies to even music. um, Or if there's any topics you want covered. um, I have a whole list of things, but that doesn't mean, you know, there's not stuff out there that I haven't thought of. Like, for instance, the K-drama stuff. I hadn't even thought about that um, because I hadn't heard about it before. So anything like that, you know, you want to bring up or just let us know um, at the end. I'll tell you where you can follow us on Twitter and um, you can follow us on Facebook um, and everything like that. And we even have an email where you can email us as well if you want to do it that way. I know a lot of people don't email anymore, but Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's something you can do. Um, for future episodes and the big one that we've got planned next is star wars since um the final movie is coming out here oh this coming week correct right it is yeah so. i can it's so it like nerve nine days or something, or something. Yeah. Yeah. everyone's
3: nerves are setting in but the excitement <laughs> and I, I love this element about it too it's just like star wars is always that one little like heartstakingly like Wow, it's about to happen, and yeah, and it affects everyone. I, I mean, I met people who pretend that they don't, but then you see the look, and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I just rewatched
0: the last <laughs> the last movie two days ago just to remind mm-hmm. myself where we left off. So yeah, it's yeah.
2: everybody. Yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you so much again, guys, and um, you thanks thanks know, for we'll be- yeah. and changing fun, of course, yeah. of course. No, I'm happy to do it. Um, and like I said, su- um, supernatural Star Wars will be the next one um and then we're on to the new year um and i'm hoping to have these out every week um the star wars one i'm not sure that'll be in a week but hopefully um we might end up having that like divided into two different episodes i have yeah. a feeling before the, before the last movie and after it not <laughs> <be> <laughs> really fun, you know? so um but yeah um so if we wouldn't go around you guys can say where to find guys on on the internet if you want to be found you don't have to be found if you don't want to be found that's fine um yeah
3: no i'm very much an anonymous person i know i come from everyone's like no. yeah i know like my generation loves being seen and everything but i'm just like i like to watch you all do and i'll put it anonymous yeah.
4: <laughs> you can i mean i'm fine with mine because i have a i have a um study page so you can find me on twitter at at a k capital and then n nerd fighting um at ak nerd fighting for always keep nerd fighting um you can also just find me on facebook all the time talking about what my kids do with toilet paper or (laughs) not in the house so yeah
2: (laughs) okay great well thanks tanya and then um and then I know you don't want to be identified either, Judy. Is that correct? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no,
0: I meant like phone, not like.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I mean, my Facebook Online. is just like family and friends. So yeah, that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. Um, and this is Erin. And you can follow me on Twitter. I'm E, capital E, April Beauty. That's all one word. A and B are capitalized. Um, and you can also follow my dog <laughs> 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 at uh, Schroeder, the Schroeds. Um, So Schroeder Marlowe, that's S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R, if you want to follow a dog's um, Instagram. Um, And then you can follow the show. You can um, find us on Facebook under It's a Fandom Thing Pod, P-O-D. You can follow us on Twitter at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. Um, You can follow us on Instagram as well. Um, And that's also at It's a Fandom Thing Pod. Um, and if you would like to email us anything, feel free to do that. That's, um, it's a fandom thing pod (laughs) (laughs) at gmail.com. Um, so feel free to do that. If you have any show ideas, any feedback, anything you want to see, um, anything we might've missed, anything you'd like us to go over, any corrections, if we got something wrong, um, feel free to let us know that. And, um, just tune in next time because it's a fandom thing.